0: Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Beware of the Board, a horror podcast where you watch a randomly selected horror movie every single week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Hey
1: Ben. Hi Bob. Glad you could finally join us. What does that even mean?
0: I've no, been here the entire time.
1: I'm making fun of Bob because he was like, yeah, let's record at 12 t- tomorrow. And I get here and I call him because his door's locked. And he's like, yeah, why are you calling me? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he was still asleep. Did I suggest <laughs> noon? Yes. Only because you suggested ten AM. Still suggested noon. Okay. We could be done by now with the first half of the podcast. <laughs> Shut up. just <laughs> takes so long. Alright, well, um you know the deal, guys. We're doing our actual board episodes and not extra bullshit. So <laughs> the actual show for once. We're actually picking from the board. So For anyone who's out of the loop, we have three categories this season, as we do every season. But this season, they are meta slashers, which is the fancy word I'm just using for, like, post-scream slasher movies before the genre kind of moved on from, like, scream ripoffs. Our random category was camp movies, which was kind of unfortunate because we have now covered the big camp movies. And then Bob's category was space, uh, just generic Space. Space. Man, what a good category the I The one place you can escape from capitalism.
0: That's not even true. You've seen Futurama? Space. Isn't capitalism a big problem in Futurama? It's not like the whole point of that show. No. Oh, okay.
1: The whole point of the show is a guy gets frozen and he wakes up in the year 3000.
0: Yeah, but is it? Ugh, yeah. Doesn't no. capitalism run rampant in that show? I mean, yeah, but it's not bad. Really? Yeah. I, the only episode I didn't, I'm didn't i thinking of is, like, the Slurm episode.
1: Oh, well, that's a whole planet. Yeah. But that's less of a capitalism issue and more of a hive mind creature trying to take over the galaxy. No. With I've their not juices. watched that show in a very long time. I've I mean, there is rampant capitalism. Episode. It's mostly for Mom Corp, but, like... Mom Corp. What do you expect from Mom? What do you... I mean, sometimes you expect better from Mom. Not from Mom.
0: Okay. Do you have any news... Nope. I'm trying to think if I have any news. The only thing I can think of that's, like, semi-relevant to us at all is that A24 movie, Talk To Me, is apparently so fucking good, and I've seen so many people online talking about it. People like it. It surpassed uh, what it was one of the other, like, pretty successful A24 things in, like, terms of how much money it's made in the amount of time. You mean, uh,
1: oh my god. Uh, what uh, is that movie called? I saw Hereditary? like Hereditary? Do you mean that one? No. You mean it, which?
0: No, it was... Oh God, it was so... It was one that I wasn't... Midsummer. No. It was... <laughs> which uh, one, Bob? I don't know, because I've never seen any of them. I just don't remember the title of the movie. But I just bring... Do you know what it was about? Absolutely not.
1: Oh. Well, you can't just say it re- surpassed blank movie, because they make a lot of blank movies. X?
0: No... I don't remember. Damn it, Pearl. Oh my God, He's gonna go
1: through listing A24 movies. Boo is afraid? No. Lighthouse.
0: That's it. I did not know that was an A24 film.
1: Bodies, bodies, bodies. No. Moonlight. No. Ex Machina. No. Green Knight. No. I think you just made this up. Um, made up fact from Bob. No. I well, maybe I don't. I mean, I was looking online. I was Bob, just an article. If you don't know what person it's a past, it's made up.
0: Okay, cool. Anyway, I was just going to bring it up because apparently it's really, really good. And a lot of people are saying, like, from what I can read online, because, once again, I try to read mostly just, like, what I can without spoilers. Yeah. And I've tried to tread lightly because if a movie's really good, it's possible to be on the podcast. I don't want to ruin it. It's just how I operate. That's fair. But a lot of people are saying it's, like, almost
1: scream level of bringing stuff back. Like, people are, like, into it. That's fair, uh, and I I have heard good things about it. I originally watched the trailers for it, and I was like, mm, I don't feel too excited about this, really. And then since it's come out, I've you know seen some like more stuff about it, and have kind of settled into that opinion of it looks like it might be okay, but it also looks like it's probably not my thing, and mm. so I'm not like super excited to go watch it. Fair enough. I mean, I I'm sure I'll watch it at some point, so we'll see then. But yeah. I from what I've seen I'm currently kind of in the category of I could do without watching that. Also they already greenlit a sequel. Like H24's already been like yeah we'll make another one. I mean
0: it's kind of cool. It's exciting sure, at least I
1: guess. Yeah. I have whatever thoughts about it, you know. That's fair enough. It's Australian though. That's kind of cool. I actually didn't know that. Anyways, you just want to get into it? I guess. All right. Well, you got three categories. Man. And two spaces open in all of them. I, I'm not going back to camp anytime soon. I know, Bob. That might be our last two spaces for the board. And not because I was really disappointed with the camp movie either. But because, spoiler alert, guys, we're doing Friday the 13th on the side. And we are very far into that, recording-wise.
0: Yeah. I mean, at this
1: point, quite a few of them have come out. No, uh, I think 6 is coming out tomorrow. Yeah, no, by the time this episode comes out, we would have recorded, I think, all of them. Yeah. But I think we've only released, like, seven.
0: I think six comes out the day after this one. No. Seven. Seven does, you're right, seven. Holy shit, seven. Yeah, so, like, look, I don't want to watch a camp movie, because that's, I just watched 12 of them.
1: Well, not right now, but you would have.
0: Yeah, like, come on, I'm kind of over it. Sorry if that's, like, your favorite kind of horror movie. And you want to hear us talk about those. I don't want to. (laughs) I'm so over it, man.
1: I mean, admittedly, we're we're specifically talking about Friday the 13th here. But, like, they haven't been at a camp in a while. (laughs) I mean, no.
0: But it's just the association in your brain. It's not even that. Kind of done it in for you. It's that the first... There are so many of them set at camps. And I'm just tired of the setting in general. I'm just like, oh, okay. But... I have two options. I have Meta Slashers and I have Space. I think I said last week I really want to go back to Space.
1: You don't have to if you don't want to, though.
0: That's true. I really I don't.
1: You could do Meta Slashers again. I'd be fine with that.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> I told you this off the podcast, but I was saying it on the podcast. Hunter is so angry, my friend, that I haven't seen Scream yet. And last night, we played like, the last session of our D&D game. And that's, like, really my only excuse to see Hunter, like, every two weeks is hanging out with him on that day. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not going to see you for the next, like, forever, and you still haven't seen Scream? I'm pissed. He was so, so <laughs> angry. <sighs> he loves Scream so much, and he's so angry that we haven't covered it.
1: I'm surprised I didn't get a random text from you at 4 a.m. being like, cover Scream!
0: Yeah. He likes to take my phone and text Ben while I'm
1: not looking. With no context. With no context at Hunter. all. Nah. He that- can wait. Okay, I was going to say, is this your way of saying you want to honor? Benner? No, I don't want to honor that little shit. Be nice. He's going to hear this. Maybe maybe you could pick Meta Slashers and maybe you'd get Scream. Maybe I wouldn't
0: get Scream, too, and then you have to wait even longer.
1: Maybe you could. I could.
0: Because I don't actually, I'm going to be honest, Ben has just told me that Scream is on there. That's why he picked the category. If Scream's not on there, that's the biggest double bluff of all time. <laughs> and that's hilarious. <gasps> that might be the most meta thing you could do. Is not put Scream on there. No. We're going back to space. Okay. Oh, God. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm scared. Are you sure? We haven't really had, like, a... I have not been terrified by a movie in a while on the podcast. I think space has the highest chance to scare the shit out of me. Like, genuinely, like... It's been a long time since I've been, like, throwing my beanie shaking and stuff. That's fair. I'm scared of space. Meta don't scare me that much. Because, right. like, we've established I'm not really that afraid of people. So do you want to go back to Meta Slasher? No. We want to space. Okay. I want to be scared for once in my life. What do I have left? I don't actually know what spots I you picked. You chose
1: one last time. Three. Three? All right. Are you sure?
0: Yeah. Fuck.
1: Uh, today we're watching Pandorum. What is that? It's a movie. No, I know, From but. 2009. Oh, okay. I'm excited about this one. I've never heard of this. What is this? Um, well, the description. <clears throat> Let's go into hypersleep, they said. <laughs> It'll be fine, they said. Oh, okay. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Uh, it's an hour and 48 minutes long. Okay. It's rated R. Fantastic. The review scores are kind of interesting. Oh. IMDb gave it a 6.7 out of 10. That's pretty good. That's pretty decent. Tomato meter, 30%. God damn it. Audience score, 49%. Okay. Why? That's so weird. I can probably tell you why. Okay. I spoiler alert, I like this film. Okay. I do. It's kind of why it's on here. But I th- I think it's going to be one of those films where it it hits for you mm. like pretty hard. Okay. Or it doesn't. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, okay. Kind of thing, you know. I see. It didn't win any awards or get any nominations, so uh notable actors, Dennis Quaid as Peyton why do I know that name? Uh, he's Jack Hall in The Day After Tomorrow, the 2004 one. You'll recognize his face when we see Death Quaid. Okay. Ben Foster as Bauer. Uh, he played Tanner Howard in Hell or High Water. Cam Gigandet as Gallo. Uh, played Hicks in Priest. Anjay Trao as Nadia. Uh, played Faora Oll oh in Man of Steel. Kung Le as Mon. Uh, played Martial Law in Tekken. What? That's the, like... Fighter. But I think it's the movie.
0: Okay, I was like, that is the is that the voice actor for
1: Martial Law from Tekken? I think it's the actor for Martial Law. Okay, I Tekken. was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, Eddie Roos as Leyland. Uh, he played a building super in the number 23. And then Norman Reedus as Shepard. Norman Reedus? Played Daryl Dixon from The Walking Dead. He was oh, on wow. 174 episodes from 2010 to 2022.
0: You know, I don't really like The Walking Dead that much. I like Dover Reedus. He's pretty cool. Fair enough.
1: You can like actors from shows you don't like. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel about him. Totally allowed. Director is Christian Alvart. He's also directed The Island. He did 14 episodes from 2020 to 2021. Writer, Travis Milloy. uh, He's also written Infinity Chamber. And he did the screenplay and the story for this movie. But Christian Alvart also has a story credit. Um, and he's helped write Cut Off. Uh, budgets estimated at $33 million, God damn. With the box office of 20.6. Oh, no. Yeah. God damn it's, it. It's honestly really sad. Because once again, I like this film. But I, I can definitely see how it necessarily wouldn't do well in the box office.
0: No, I mean, damn, that sucks.
1: Part of the issue, though, is like, in 2009, I probably was not the target audience for this film, right? I mean, yeah, sure. But I don't. Remember hearing anything about this film when it came out? Mm. So there might be some some advertising issues too for why it was such a box office flop. Fair enough. I mean, I was around in two thousand nine as a child, and I've
0: never heard of this film. I don't remember any advertisements for it, like anything. Yeah,
1: I, transparency here, I stumbled across it like last year and just watched it out of curiosity. I was like, wow, this is good. From my understanding, it's a German and UK production, so that's kind of interesting. Oh, that's actually really cool. Uh, my understanding is it's filmed a lot in Germany, but I think it might have been out of the UK. Not exactly clear on that. A tagline, fear what happens next. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't have any like pre-movie notes, so we will talk about stuff after the movie. That's fine with you. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see you guys in a bit. Yeah. We'll uh see you guys after the movie.
0: everybody, welcome back. We just finished watching Pandorum.
1: <laughs> Bob sounds really down in the dumps. He has bad allergies, but also we just spent the last, I don't know, 45 minutes trying to fix our recording program. Yeah. So if this sounds any different, it's because we had to switch to a different program in yeah. the back half of this episode. Yeah, we did. Um, also, I've been
0: sn- I have probably sound awful. I've been sneezing and snotting and being gross for like an hour. It's been unpleasant. Yeah, it has. It's it's my allergies, man. So, uh, on that positive note, do you like the movie? Yes. Okay. I liked it, but how do I put this? It wasn't one of those movies where I was like watching and I I was like, this is I don't know how else to explain this cool movie, right? But I I think it's because it's from two thousand nine. I'm gonna get I'm gonna leave it at that. There's some stuff in this film where I went I didn't really like that. But also, I think it's just a stylistic thing from 2009 that I was just like, meh, about. What are you referring to? There's just some really weird editing stuff. Oh, editing stuff? Yeah, just weird stuff like that. But overall, I had a good experience. Okay.
1: I think I know what you're talking about with the editing stuff. I will say, I get where you come from because I know we usually have problems with the same editing stuff. I do think in this case it does make sense.
0: No, it totally does. I'm just not a fan because I was, first of all, I'm stupid. And second of all, I just kept losing track of stuff
1: on the screen because I just can't. Okay, that's fair then. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that that's maybe your issue with this movie. That's like my only major gripe. All right, I, I said this, I think, before we watched the movie, but uh, I'm going to kind of go into it more detail here because I think this is a good time for it. Like I said, I like this movie. I told you that from the get-go. But I, I, I did say it's one of those films where I think it either really hits for you or it doesn't. Yeah, Like, I can tell why this kind of flopped at the box office. And my take on that basically comes down to the fact that this is a sci-fi movie with horror tropes built into the plot as, like, an extension of the sci-fi elements. Yeah. And really what that ends up doing to this movie is you end up with a, a story that is not, like, super stereotypically sci-fi. In fact, it's pretty... Well, it's hard sci-fi, but it's pretty light on a lot of sci-fi elements, and it's pretty, like, down-to-earth and gritty. Yeah, it's um, grounded in a lot of ways I didn't expect. Right. But then also the horror elements are very light, because they're not necessarily the focus. Mm-hmm. And so I think what you really end up with, uh, which can be a turn-off for some people, is less of a sci-fi movie or a horror movie and more of just, like, a survival movie.
0: Yeah. And I was going to mention that. I... I get why this is being shown on the podcast and is a horror movie. Yeah. But it is not horror in a very classic way. It's not, like, scary, but it's intense.
1: Yeah, intense is probably the best word. Because the situation portrayed in the movie is horrifying. Yes. But there's not, like... I'm not outwardly scared, but I'm. it's tense. It's very, it's very suspenseful. Yeah. And so I, I just want to bring that up now because, like, I think probably why this movie flopped is I can totally, I've, I don't think I've ever seen the trailers for this, but I can totally imagine the trailers trying to either sell this as a horror movie or a sci-fi movie. And it it's kind of neither but both at the same time. It's technically both, but the the enjoyment you're going to get from that is not necessarily geared to what you'd normally expect from either of those genres. Yeah. And it's closer to something you'd expect from, I don't know, like a dystopian survival movie where it's just gritty and kind of like down to earth. Mm-hmm. So no, that's fair. I, I just want to give this warning now. Of, first of all, this is one of the movies on the podcast where I'm going to be like, go watch it before we describe stuff, because it, it very much is an experience of like watching the plot unfold and like learning about what's happened, because it's yeah. kind of a mystery. Yeah, it's sort of, I would say it's a mystery, at least at the very beginning. So like more so than most films, go watch this one first. But keep in mind that it's not going to be like a standard sci-fi movie or a standard horror movie. It's kind of this thing in between. Very gritty, very down-to-earth, very gnarly (laughs) intense. But it's fun. I like it. It's cool. On that note, I'm going to give a a plot rundown. So you can hang around for that if you want. Or you can go watch the movie now. Or don't care. Just (laughs) listen to this whole thing and get spoiled. But the plot of this is pretty simple. And I think I did a fun job of explaining it in my description. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, you did. But basically what happens is the movie starts in a very, very tense and uncomfortable way. Yeah? Yeah. I think we started it and you were like, oh, God. Yeah, I didn't like it. It was, ugh, ugh,
0: gives me the heebie-jeebies. I can't stand shit like that.
1: And, And I think it's one of those openings to a film that I think perfectly sets the tone for the whole movie going forward. Yeah. But basically... What we learned is basically our main character for the whole movie. His name's Bauer. Wakes up in this very, very tiny tube. And, uh, assumedly, it's the hypersleep chamber. And, right away, you can tell that something's a little off. Because, first of all, he wakes up. And the way the hyper t- hypersleep chamber's set up, he's, like, off the ground. So, he can't, like, reach the ground. The door's still shut for some reason. And he's basically trapped in there. Uh, There's also, like, some power surge that goes on. And so, I'd say the first, what, five, ten minutes of the film, maybe more than that, is him just trying to get out of this pod and then situate himself in this room he's found himself in. Yeah. Because, as we learn almost immediately, he has, I think they call it, what, like, hypersleep sickness?
0: Oh, there's a specific name for it, but yeah.
1: Where basically, due to prolonged hypersleep, and it's it's never talked about how long exactly, but I... think the implication is anything over like a year or two yeah you'll have memory loss for an indeterminate amount of time Assumably the longer you're in hypersleep the longer you'll have memory problems but it's it seems to be pretty total to the point that like consistently the only thing people remember is their ft training so uh flight training kind of the stuff they would have learned to get on this, this uh spaceship
0: stuff that like you could wave away as being, like, secondhand. Like, it's stuff that they're trained really well at, so it's all muscle memory stuff.
1: Yeah. I I do want to say, I think it's really interesting that that's the stuff they remember and not, like, personal information. Yeah. Or anything from, like, their life before the flight, Mm -hmm. because that, to me, implies that whatever training they went through before they got onto the ship, it's called the Elysium, it's not a, a secret, was specially designed to somehow probably keep the information in their head, Probably. With that mind-blanking going on. because that's, like, the most important thing. Because it makes sense to do that. Yeah. To make sure, like, when your people wake up, they can do their job, even if they can't remember, like, their own name. Yeah, because, I mean,
0: they're on a spaceship flying through space. Yeah. You have to remember your training
1: or else the thing will, you know, (laughs) get wrecked. But anyways, Bauer wakes up. First of all, I want to say he doesn't remember his name. Nope. Which they do a cool way of showing that, like, there's something going on because he... Gets off the floor and he turns around and he's like, looks at the pod and it has his name on it. He's like, oh, must be Bauer. Yep. Same way of telling you he, he doesn't remember stuff is he's looking through his like own locker. Mm-hmm. And there's a little sticker on the side because this must be a normal thing of not remembering that you can even like lose memories. So it's just very obviously placed like next to your uniform because they, they hop out of the pods and just their underwear. Anyways, when he looks around the room, there's only one other person there. So Bauer's what? Corporal Bauer? And then the other guy's yes. Lieutenant Peyton. So that's yes. his commanding officer. Um and he, he wakes up Peyton, but there's no one else there. In fact, there's one other pod, mm-hmm. but it's empty. Yep. And that had um Cooper. Cooper in it. Who assumedly was another corporal. I have no idea. Or maybe a lieutenant. I don't know off the top of my head. But he's gone. Yeah, he's just gone. And, you know, they're kinda like, where did he go? Because there's one door leading out of this place and it's screwed yep um there's a dead glow stick on the ground because this whole time the power's been out um and there's scratch marks on the door like someone tried to get out but there's no there's no one in here
0: yeah there's like a a piece of metal over by where it looks like someone tried to pry the door open
1: yep and so you know they're trying to figure out what to do they managed to do some manual power generation with like a hand crank i just want to note right now it's the most efficient thing i've (laughs) ever seen ever (laughs) he cranks for about what 10 seconds 10 seconds and that thing runs for like a while a while very very cool technology right there for like a small little thing yeah to have in this film the show this is the future highly efficient uh crank based technology crank based power is pretty cool but anyways long story short they kind of get some power going and their whole point here is they're like bauer's gonna go and there's a maintenance hatch above us and he'll basically crawl through the vents to try and get out of this room so he can hopefully come around and open the door or See if he can get the power going. Because throughout this whole, like, I don't know, 20-minute sequence? I'd say it's probably like 20, 30 minutes. Of them trying to, like, get situated and stuff like that. And I know that kind of sounds boring, but it's it's well done. So it's, it keeps you entertained. The power's been going on and off? Yeah. And they eventually figure out it's the core, like, malfunctioning. This big nuclear core. And they basically have to keep it from destabilizing. Not only to get power back on, but if it goes out... The ship is going to, you know, basically explode. I don't even think that's the issue. I think the issue is life support will shut down. Well, yeah. And they'll all die. That too. Because, assumedly, it's probably not plutonium. I have no idea how it's powered. It's probably iridium, which will automatically turn off when it runs out. I don't know. Anyways, long story short, they get him through the tubes and out into the ship. And really where the horror stuff starts out is when he gets out, like, of this room and through the vents. He finds that the ship is decrepit, and there's something haunting him. And that's that's kind of the setup in the plot, and that's where I'm going to leave it. Yeah. So if that sounds interesting, go check it out.
0: Yeah, it's cool. It took me for a loop, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't expecting a lot of stuff.
1: It was pretty cool. I will say, a lot of the film is kind of a mystery, in part because of that amnesia aspect. Yeah. Um, but I will say, unlike some films, the mystery is well planned out.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, you'll hear it in the outtakes. I call some stuff right before it happens. Yep. Like, there's stuff that I put together about 30 seconds before the movie
1: tells you, and it's like, oh, that's cool. Which is a good way to watch a film. All right, on that note, though, we are going to get into, like, actually discussing some stuff about the film. I think we're going to try and keep it spoiler-free, but as always, spoilers for the movie going forward. All right, on that note, the first thing I want to talk about is how everything looks. Like, just everything. First of all, Most of the film, from what I could tell, seems to be practical effects. Yeah, a majority. Which is shocking in a sci-fi movie of this, like, scale and extent. I was about to say,
0: this scale, they go all over this ship. There are
1: so many different places they go. You just wouldn't expect that, but it is mostly practical. I think there's only one shot. Well, there's a couple shots that are very clearly CGI, but they're of the outside of the ship. Yeah. And I I just want to say right now, they look really good. Oh, yeah. For 2009? Yeah. For sure. They hold up. But yeah, most of the, the stuff's practical effects, and that's mostly because the interior of the ship is very, I don't know, like, Navy ship, submarine-esque. It's kind of, gonna... like, industrial for the most part. I was going to say, you're not going to get this.
0: Warhammer 40K Space Hulk.
1: No, that's a that's a good reference. Yeah. I but vaguely know what you're For the picturing. audience, that doesn't really,
0: unless you know what I'm talking
1: about. Basically, if you ever seen images from the inside of, like, like a big battleship yeah. or a submarine? That's kind of how it looks, where it's very minimalistic and industrial, um, which is admittedly kind of a cheap set to build, but it does look really nice. They put in the extra effort to make it all look cool.
0: Yeah, it, it's cool because it's realistic for a sci-fi film.
1: Yeah, for hard sci-fi. For hearts, it's super cool. But the thing I want to focus on for like, hey, this looks really good, are the practical effects on people and the monsters in this film. Yeah. For people, I just want to say, they do a good job of making everyone look gross and grimy. Just, like, as they start exploring the ship, Bauer gets grosser and grosser because it's it's dirty and stuff. There's oil and stuff everywhere. And so that looks really good. But especially the one I want to mention is when they hop out of, like, cryo-sleep... Oh, my God. They have this weird film on their body that looks like a second skin. It's gross. Or if you were ever little and you let, like, Elmer's glue dry on your hand or something and you peeled it off. God. But, yeah, it's just this thick, like, layer of some type of tissue. I don't think it's his skin.
0: I don't know. Well, my thought is, he's been in cryosleep. Do you think it's just dead skin that's
1: amassed over
0: his body over the time?
1: I don't know, because here's getting into some actual like sci-fi, vaguely science stuff. For cryosleep to work, your cells basically have to slow down to nothing because if your cells are active and like dividing and dying and all that, then you're aging. They basically have to stop functioning, right? Oh, that makes sense. And so... If there was enough cells to die to create that type of buildup, he would be... Like, yeah. the hypersleep wouldn't have functioned. No, that makes sense. Because, like, we we learned pretty early on, the, the trip they're taking in this, this ship, the Elysium, is supposed to be 123 years long. Yep. And if that was, like, cryosleep like that, where, like, you are functionally still aging in cryosleep, you'd probably be dead by 123 years. Even if it slowed it down somewhat. Not to mention, if your cells are active, you also have to consume nutrients, Yeah. And part of the benefit of, like, sci-fi, like, cryosleep, is the fact that you don't have to eat or drink, which is really great, because then you don't have to pack food. Yeah. So, no, I think it's probably a film to protect his body while he's sleeping. But it looks gross. Whatever it is, I hate it. Bob hated it, because it it looks like he's peeling his skin off. It's grotesque. But then the other one I want to mention is For the Monsters. Oh, man, they look so fucking cool. And... So, spoilers for, like, how the monsters look, because it isn't revealed right away. No, it takes a while. But they, they're vaguely humanoid. It's it's the classic Star Trek alien thing. Yeah, they're human-shaped. Where they're just human-shaped, because I think it's that idea of, A, it's cheaper to build humanoid monsters, Oh, right, yeah. Than it is to have, like, weird thing-ass tentacle things. So, I, I think there's that aspect of it, but it's also that uncanny valley sense of the yes, closer it looks to humans. That's my problem with it, bro. The worse it looks, which... Bob doesn't like. Oh, my God. They're awful. But they're all, like, super pale, like, white. Yep. Some of them have, like, super, like, shark-like black eyes. Some of them, I think, don't. But they're all, like, missing normal facial features. Voldemort-looking asses. Don't have noses. Some of them don't really have ears. They all have, like, sharp teeth, but they also have, like, sometimes messed up mouths. I I think the takeaway here is, and this is, I think, probably the most interesting things about the monsters in this movie, is while they all have a similar base design, each one's unique. Yeah. And just horrifying in its own right. And I thought that was a cool attention to detail.
0: No, it's super cool because, spoilers here. There are a lot of these fucking things. Oh, yeah. And you get to see a lot of them, and the fact that each one is distinct enough for me to go, oh, yeah, we saw that one earlier. Or, like, you know, this is a different one. Super nice. Because, like, it changes them from generic scary alien to, like, oh, this is, like, a race of aliens or a group of aliens.
1: Yeah, I I think that's kind of something this film does really well because in a lot of sci-fi movies, when you have, like, insert generic alien here, they usually have an issue where they all look... Exactly the same, and it's hard for you to be like, Oh, this one's the one I saw earlier. Yep, this film doesn't have that problem. Uh, th- again, slightly spoilers. Uh, the aliens on the ship, what we learned really, really quickly about them from the second we see them is that they're eating the people, yeah, on board. <laughs> Apparently, when these power surges happen with the reactor, it's causing some of the cryo sleep pods to just open, yep, because of like an emergency, like reboot kind of thing. And when the pods pop open, it releases this person. And because I said they brought no food on board, these aliens just like eat them and tear them apart in the most ferocious. Yeah, horrific way possible. It's awful. But these aliens hunt in packs. And I don't know if you picked up on it. There's like a leader to this hunting pack we keep seeing. Yeah. It's the same one. Yeah. Every time. And I, I think that's just like a cool little thing of like, oh, I can actually keep track of who this is. Yeah. There's like alien continuity, which you don't expect, but it's very cool. And I mean sometimes you expect that in movies but it's something generic like oh he has a red stripe but in this one it's not that it's just like this guy just looks slightly different and I can tell
0: Yeah and what's really cool about it is because this is such an enclosed environment of like the ship itself the fact that keep in mind the ship's massive the ship's massive but it's like there are only so many of these fucking guys you know what I mean so it's cool to see the same ones being reused because there's only so much space on the ship
1: now there's probably a couple hundred if not I mean a yeah there are a lot
0: there are a lot but it's cool to see them reuse some of the same ones because there's a limited amount of them, you know?
1: We also see, like, different age ones. Like, there's a fucking kid one. There's a kid one. That, yeah, that I, one's the scariest one. I think that that's the one that scared Bob the most. I hate it. Because it, it, I think that one straight up looks the most Uncanny Valley-esque. Yeah. Because it has kind of like the big eyes you'd expect of, like, a a younger creature. Yeah. But they're just, like cold and black like a doll's eyes and i think one of
0: one of the worst lines of this not worst one of the most unsettling lines of this entire film is they run into the kid and and someone just
1: goes they're breeding
0: and i was like no why are they breeding stop no i don't want more of these things
1: (laughs) yeah they it's just this horrifying like sustaining ecosystem of we're chilling we're just eating all these people yeah the elysium i'll give you a backstory now It's a colony ship sent from Earth because uh, when is this set? Like 21 something? Oh, it was like 2174? Yes. So like 200 years in the future or so. And basically the Earth is screwed. I think the population was at like 45 billion or something. It was an insane amount. But they found one planet. Over all these years, they found one planet that's Earth-like. And this is basically a colony ship to go, all right, let's just get some humans off world there. But since it's to basically restart humanity as like a Noah's Ark kind of situation. I don't know how many people it originally had on it, but it was probably in the the millions. Oh yeah. A shit ton of people. So they've been they've been feasting. Aside from that, like how stuff looks and everything, I think the the biggest thing I wanna talk about are some of the hard sci fi elements that okay. we get to see throughout. Because I think for me that's what sells this story more than anything. Are just some of those those little things where I'm like, oh, that's such a cool addition to this world-building of, like, I can find that believable, but also that's really interesting. One of the things I think you notice really quickly when we meet additional characters is that they're all not just generic English-speaking, assumedly Americans. Oh, yeah. I thought that was super sick. This is—it's such a big party that not everyone's expected to be able to speak the same language. hmm And so we meet certain individuals that just don't speak English. Yeah. They don't speak English super well, and they have another native language. And I thought that was such a, a cool way that they have like an international cast in this movie, and not like narrow it down to just one thing. But it also just kind of makes sense mm-hmm. for the world, oh, for sure. Of just like this is such a big ship. There's so many people on board. We don't have to have everyone speak the same language to communicate. No, absolutely not. We can bring enough people that have just translators. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um. So I thought that was really cool. Um, it's not something you really see in sci-fi movies. Um, Usually they're at the point of, everyone just speaks exactly the same, both accent and language-wise. Yeah, that was interesting. The next one that was really cool is the, I think the, the cryo-sleep pods are just well-designed. No, they're cool. They're, like, futuristic in a way I haven't really seen before. The biggest way is, like, you wear this harness that attaches to, like, the center of your back and suspends you off the ground, so it's less like a bed and more like this weird apparatus that holds you yeah and i think that's just so unique it's really cool but the the thing i want to mention with these cryopods is that and this is again something i haven't really seen in sci-fi is that they can technically serve as emergency escape vessels oh yeah they mention it during a story and i'll talk about that in a minute but it's such like a small detail that a is kind of like oh this is such a horrible design point of like in case of emergency, the cryopods will just blast in the space. Yeah. And they don't have, like, thrusters or anything. No. They just fire off randomly. Mm-hmm. But it's such a cool detail because I think the intended purpose of that is, like, if the ship's fuck and fucked and there's no other option, instead of exploding... It's going to shoot you off into space and maybe you'll land on a planet you can live on. Yeah, because I think it's implied that you'll stay in cryosleep for a couple days. Yeah, you'll stay in cryosleep probably for a while and... Or until, like, it crashes. So the potential is, like, maybe someone will find you Mm -hmm. for a day or two before you wake up and then suffocate to death. Horrifying. Horrifying. But kind of makes sense and is not something I've normally seen. Well, especially when you
0: take into context, like, this is a colony ship going to a different planet as, like, a last-ditch, like, effort to try and, like, make sure that if Earth ever, like, you
1: know, something bad happens, that humanity will survive. So throwing in something like that totally makes sense. Well, it's more from the sense of, I think that's standard for how they design their ships in this universe. Because I'm sure they have, like, actual escape vessels. But the fact that there's, like, an oh shit way to get off this boat, vessel, whatever you want to call it, is kind of cool. No, it's pretty sick. But the biggest thing I want to talk about for sci-fi elements here is this little cool world-building thing they have going on in the background. uh, That's how the movie gets its name. And it's called Pandorum. So, if you're wondering what Pandorum is, it is a... It's kind of a nickname for this condition that happens from deep cryostasis. And very specifically, they say it's a term made up by, like, pilots and stuff. The people who are probably in the cryostasis the most. But it's a orbital dysfunctional syndrome, very specifically. And it's caused by deep space and is triggered by emotional distress. So I think the way it works, and we do get to see it work throughout the film, is basically if you've been in cryosleep for long enough... You'll have like s- negative psychological effects. And if you, assumedly, it goes away after a while. But if your emotions go out of control, it can cause your psyche to essentially shatter. Yeah. And it, it's just kind of like something we see throughout the film because everyone's been in cryo sleep for a while. Yeah. I mean, they don't know because they don't remember. And if you couldn't tell from that description, they don't wake up how they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Very specifically, they're the two characters we start with as well as Cooper, who's missing, are part of Flight Crew 5. Yes. So, assumedly, what was supposed to happen is each flight crew has a two-year rotation, and there would have been, like, I don't an insane amount, probably, like, 61 flight crews. Yeah, probably. Each one is supposed to be awake for two years, and then they wake the next one. So, assumedly, by fr- Flight Crew 5, they should have been sleeping for eight years. And even that's enough to give you minor Pandorum. And I, I just want to say, it's so well thought out for, like, a, a fake sickness. Yeah. Like there's symptoms throughout it throughout that they keep pretty um, pretty consistent. Pretty consistent. Like paranoia, delirium, shakes in your hands,
0: yeah. nosebleeds. There are quite a few things that they do to make this
1: fake sickness they've created feel real. And I, I think one of the most interesting parts about it though is it's it's so well known there's horror stories about it just going around. Like one of the coolest scenes is how we learn about it and, you know, as they're remembering stuff They remember Pandorum exists uh, because Bauer has the shakes, which is a symptom of Pandorum because he's been asleep for a long time. And Peyton tells him, like, a horror story involving Pandorum because he remembered it because of the trigger word. And it was some old flight vessel that went into space, and one of the, the flight crew freaked out, got Pandorum, murdered apparently the rest of the people who were awake, got everyone into their cryopods, and then blasted all of them into space. Yep. Which, most horrifying way, you could probably die. Horrific. Because, assumedly there was, like, a thousand people on that ship. Yeah. Like, that's awful. Cool effect, though. It looks so cool. It looks cool. It's a cool scene. Disturbing. But, yeah, I, I think that's generally, like, all the sci-fi elements I really wanted to mention there. Um, There's just stuff like that scattered throughout that's, like... Yeah. It's pretty realistic and very interesting from a world-building perspective. And it really sells the story to me. Oh, for sure. On that note, I, I do think I want to have a small spoiler section, and we're gonna keep it really, really short here. Hello, everybody. This
0: is Future Bob coming at you to let you know that if you do not want any major spoilers for this film, please skip to 43 minutes and 56 seconds immediately. Once again, that's 43 minutes and 56 seconds immediately for no major spoilers.
1: Okay, so again, you know, spoiler warning here because I'm I'm gonna actually spoil some major stuff. But the big one I want to talk about. Is the fact that the aliens in this movie aren't aliens? Yeah, they are in fact people and colonists specifically who just woke up a long time ago. Yep, it's eventually found out that guess what, guys? They haven't been sleeping for eight years. No, it's been hundreds. I'm not gonna tell you how long they they do tell it's you. It's a that long ass time, but like hundreds of years. And what we learn, and I, I this is probably the coolest sci fi element, I think the whole film has, is that in their cryosleep pods, part of the cryosleep process is they've been injected with, like, a mutagenic chemical of some sort that essentially causes rapid mutations. Yeah. Um, speeds up evolution is what they say. Which I assume happens over generations, but it might happen on an individual level. Yeah. That'd be metamorphosis and not evolution, though, so I, I don't know. But essentially what's happened is there has been people running around on the ship forced to like get into cryo beds and like eat the survivors for so long that this the stable population has developed and has mutated to fit the conditions of this ship this ship that's like very dark all the time yep very just like rusty and gross and wet Uh, and that's where our monsters come from i I think it's so cool it's cool and it's one of those things where you can kind of pick up on Oh, yeah. Really early on. I called it almost immediately. I went, those aren't aliens. And you kept going, aliens? I was like, those are people. I'm going to be honest, Bob. That was more of an issue of you not being familiar with sci-fi tropes. In fact, I think it's a twist that works better if you are more familiar with sci-fi tropes because you are more familiar to seeing aliens like that. That they're just like humans with extra parts. I mean, I don't know, they seem, they just,
0: my initial thought was, they just seem too human to not be people.
1: Yeah, see, that's, again, that's you not being familiar with tropes of sci-fi, because, I know you're in the 40K and stuff, but, like, if you see a lot of sci-fi movies, I have seen aliens that look exactly like this. Less bloody and stuff, but, like, exactly like this. So, I, I think you were able to figure it out kind of on accident. Well, um,
0: also, there's, like, so while we're on the topic of the aliens, a lot of aliens in like horror movies like this are treated like animals or like predators of some kind. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers set traps and are human level intelligent. So I just kind of assumed that they were just people too. I was yeah. like, they're doing stuff that people would do. This makes sense.
1: Again, I I legitimately do think it is your lack of familiarity with tropes making the less obvious answer more obvious for you. If that makes sense, like it's a twist that's based on you having expectations, right? And since you didn't have those expectations, you figured it out. So for anyone who's, like, I think from a more standardized perspective of, like, oh, these are, of course, going to be aliens, there's one big giveaway that they're probably not alien. One. And it is the fact that they are using, like, spears and improvised weapons, and not, like, what you'd expect of science like, guns and stuff. Yeah. They're using, like, super primitive weapons, which... This is an alien species that got on board. They would have dive, space travel they would of some have kind. Space travel of some kind, and therefore probably guns. Even if they were somehow marooned on board and then lost that technology, they'd have something that isn't as basic.
0: I mean, yeah, they're just using like scrap metal weapons.
1: But yeah, I I, I just wanted to talk about that for a bit because I think it's so cool. No, it's super dope. Uh, I I think I'm gonna leave any discussion of the ending of this film off because like the big thing with this film is it, it's an experience, and so much of this film is just like. Watching stuff unfold. Yeah, that's fair. It's really cool.
0: I'll I will I'll say this
1: about the ending. Cool ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not expected whatsoever. It's really dope. Yeah, for like how much I think you expected some of the elements involved in yeah. the ending. Because the film unfolds naturally and you're able to pick up on stuff. I don't think you expected that at all. No. It's but that's the coolest part. Yeah. <laughs> it's because this film is so good about being a
0: mystery and revealing to you what you want to know as you need it so you can put stuff together, but then you get to it and go, well, how the fuck do we get here?
1: In fact, I think it uses the unveiling of certain tropes that it's built up throughout the movie to trick you into expecting a completely different ending than the one you get. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. And I, I think that's really well done. So that's all I want to say here. Unless you have anything else to add, I think we can go to the recommendations. All right, Bob, go hit us with your recs. If you like sci-fi, cool sci-fi movie. Hard sci-fi. It's not Star Wars. No, I mean, it's not Star Wars.
0: But, I mean, Star Wars is like a space opera.
1: This ain't no space opera. Right. It, it's closer to, like, something you see from Star Trek, but not even that no. high sci-fi. Yeah. I think you said early on, and I think this might be a good comparison, the ship kind of reminds me of, like, something you'd see in Halo. Yes. And I think that's kind of, like, the equivalent level of technology. Like, obviously, the technology isn't, like, what you'd see from the Flood. No. From the aliens in Halo, but it's what you'd see from, like, kind of the humans. Yeah. Where it's basically, like, more advanced versions of our current tech.
0: Yeah. So, if you're a fan of sci-fi, I think it's a cool sci-fi film. If you want to see a movie that takes place on a single spaceship. Or a single type of ship. A single, like, it's so cool for that. Yeah. At least for me, because one of my coolest favorite parts about this film is the ship is so big, but that they go so many interesting places, you really don't get bored. And it's so cool to see weirdly claustrophobic for how big some of the areas are. Yeah. If you want a movie with a small group of characters that are really well done, we haven't really talked about it. The characters in the film are really
1: good. Yeah. Like, so cool. And uh, we said there's some language barriers for some of the characters, but you can still, like, understand a lot about them. I don't even know one of the characters' names because he never gives
0: it because they don't speak the same language. But he's so cool. He's awesome. So, there's a lot of really cool stuff. I'm trying to think of another recommendation, but I don't think I have one.
1: Okay. Like Bob said, I think if you want some pretty hard sci-fi kind of light sci-fi elements whatever for a horror movie, this is maybe right up your alley. In a similar vein, like I said at the beginning, where this isn't exactly like what you'd expect from standard sci-fi or what you'd expect from like standard horror. If you want kind of more of like a survivalist like dystopia as horror movie, um this is probably also right up there with like the sci-fi recommendation. But to be honest, I think my biggest recommendation for this is if you want like kind of a suspenseful thriller with a lot of claustrophobia and psychosis angles where a lot of the film is like building tension and uncomfortableness because of the setting and the situation, that's probably the film for you. Yeah. Because so much of this film is visual storytelling Mm -hmm. and not just like explicitly like being told. It's very
0: much a film about show, don't tell.
1: Yeah. Which
0: I can really appreciate. On that note though, do you want to give it your rating? Okay, look. I, I like this film. I like it a lot. I think my only major issue is, like I said earlier, some editing stuff that I just, I'm hard for me to follow
1: because yeah. I'm stupid. I'll mention this now. The editing stuff is done to show the effects of either being hit or just like general issues with like psychosis. Yeah, like Pandorum and stuff. Because mm-hmm. basically, all the characters have it to some degree. Which I appreciate all that stuff from a perspective of like them telling the story and trying to show you without
0: having to tell you. But it's like just makes makes it a little rough for my head sometimes. But I mean like I can wave that away because we've talked about it. The set design is so cool. It all looks sick.
1: And it's it's a stylistic choice, so you don't have to like it. But it's well done. I like the monsters. I think they look fucking awesome. They're bad. They're so cool, dude. But how unique some of them are is so cool. So cool. Like, I saw one that looked like it had tomers all over its face, and I was like,
0: what the fuck is that? It's really, really dope. Uh, I kind of mentioned it during my recommendations, but I like all the characters. They're well-characterized. They're interesting. I think there's a lot of stuff that is—there's character drama, but a lot of it is the fact that Bauer doesn't remember stuff, and you kind of see stuff revealed through flashbacks. We have to learn as he does. We learn as he does, which is such a cool thing to witness in a movie like this, because it means that there's no character backstory given, so we're kind of on a fresh slate with this guy, just as he's on a fresh slate with himself, watching him relearn all these things. It's super dope. We don't feel stranded in space. No, and it's cool. (laughs) Which is kind of funny in a movie like
1: this. (sighs) Oh, we didn't talk about it either. Another reason, like, good gore effects and stuff. Yeah, they're actually surprisingly light on the gore. Yeah. A lot of it's just implied. But it's still cool. But it's cool. Yeah. I'm going to give it four, four. I am that's, where that's I'm pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm in a similar boat where, like, I like this film, but I, I think one of the, the biggest issues with it is it's just such an experience. Yeah. Like, it's it's pretty solid, like, overall, but there's also just nothing where I'm like, Completely blown away.
0: Yeah, that's my thing is, like, I get why it's good, but I don't know why it's great, if that makes sense. Like, there's nothing in this film that blew my socks off, but everything that I saw, but that was
1: cool. I enjoyed that. That was a good reveal. Yeah, everything's so well done, but there's nothing that's, like, whoa. Yeah, it has no shock value, even though, like, there is some shocking stuff. There's nothing that's, like, completely blown out of the water, even though the combination of all the things that are done so well feels like it should get you there. Yeah. And I don't know what it's missing. No, I don't either. And that's such a hard thing. So that that leaves me in an awkward point because I I think I'm kind of in between a 3.5 and a 4 because of that. Yeah. However, I I do think I am just going to give it a 4 because I think overall it just kind of deserves that. Like, it takes what is honestly not only a pretty simple plot but one that's really, really easy to mess up. Oh, yeah. And does just an amazing job with it and tackles a lot of things that should normally be really hard to show on camera and it does them in ways that are very, very well done. And so I I think I just have to give it a four because of that. It really takes the premise and goes above and beyond. I I don't think I can give it more than a four though because again, I don't think there's anything that's like, whoa. I mean, I'm gonna be honest.
0: I don't know if I could give it more than a four solely based on the fact that this is such a classic sci-fi premise. Just well done. Yeah, it's just really well done. Like, how many sci-fi films do you seen where it's like, "Oh, we woke up, we woke up on a ship, and everyone's gone." Whoa, there's, there's issues. Yeah,
1: so yeah, I don't think I can give it more than a a four, and I I part of me struggles to give it that, but I I do think it it deserves it. So I'm gonna settle with a four. I'm gonna be honest, the end of the film alone for you, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's it's very unexpected. Super sick. Probably the best part of the film, at least the most memorable.
0: Yeah, because it's it's good. And that's what really, like, because, I want to be honest, I, not that it was boring. It's a long movie. It doesn't really drag, though. No, but it's, it's paced well. It's just slow.
1: It's a slow yeah. film.
0: Before we got to the end of the movie, I was like, I don't know if I I don't know if like, like, I was like, I like this. It's good. But I don't know if it's, like. Too slow. Too slow. But then I got to the end
1: and went, no, it was worth it. Yeah. Totally worth it. Good payoff. But again, it's, it's, it's a lot slower than you'd expect from a film like this, because, like, we, we've mentioned the reactor stuff. Everything's on a time limit, Yeah, but it feels like a long time, mm-hmm. which is makes sense, but it's also a little weird. On that note, though, I guess we're going to go to the outtakes. Yeah. I'm not sure how many we'll actually have. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly. Hopefully we'll have at least one.
0: Hello everybody, welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware of the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Pandorum so far. I really like this movie, I think it's super fucking sick. But if you do not want any major spoilers from this outtake section, please skip to 52 minutes and 35 seconds immediately. This first clip is our reactions to seeing the monsters of this film for the very first time. Oh. Ugh! The fuck are those? What is that thing? I am not a fan of whatever the hell that is. It's really sick. Whatever it is. This next clip is our reaction to just how durable these creatures really are.
1: God, this motherfucker's taking the hits, bro. It does explain why, admittedly, so many people have died to these things. I mean, yeah, they can fucking take it. they can fucking take you. Oh, she
0: fucking ri- Oh my god. They are just- Like, it's taking three of them and they're kicking the shit out of it and it's still fine. Okay, now they're now they're actually killing it. Yeah, but it's it
1: still took three people. And one of them's huge. Yeah. Oh, and of course there was another one just watching. They travel in packs.
0: Hi everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. Do we have any announcements? Benjamin.
1: Not exactly an announcement, but I, I do want to say, like, one of the things that I learned watching this film, yeah, that I did talk about earlier, is that it was originally planned for if this film did well, for this to be like, the first movie and a series, and I think that's kind of really disappointing that it didn't happen. That is disappointing! Very specifically, the movie is set, so, is designed so that they could have potentially done a prequel and a sequel. Oh, a prequel would be crazy! And I think both of those would have been really cool. I'd prefer to see a prequel, The I prequel, think. I think, might have been more interesting because we would have gotten to see uh, more space travel stuff. Yeah. Set in this universe. But I just wanted to mention that because it was kind of one of the, the super cool things I learned, but then disappointing because, obviously, it never happened because this film didn't do well. That sucks. On that note, I don't think we have too many announcements. I think the big one is we're still doing Friday the 13th stuff at this point, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so those are coming out Saturday and Wednesday. So check those out if you want to keep up with those. We're getting up there in numbers.
0: We're almost there, baby.
1: Aside from that, you know, it's the usual stick of we're doing these episodes every Friday. So tune in next week for the next episode of Boy of the Board. You can check that out wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcast various other places on the interweb that i don't know about uh we're also on youtube which is not necessarily the easiest place to listen to podcasts but is kind of nice because like you can show us some love there with like likes subscriptions stuff like that it's also kind of nice because it's one of the two places you can communicate with us at that one's particularly nice because you can uh comment on the comment section on specific videos So that kind of indicates, like, what you want to tell us about. The other place you can communicate with us at is at Beware the Board over on Twitter. That's where you get to go yell at Bob. You can accuse him of turning on you because he's got Pandora. God damn it. I don't have shit, motherfucker.
0: He might. I don't have anything. Sometimes he gets
1: weirdly paranoid and starts yelling at me.
0: (laughs) Unrelated. Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter, at of the Board, where I post updates about the show, information about the show, basically, if there's anything you want to know about the show, goes on our Twitter. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that Friday's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal, so you can see what it is before you watch it, so you can go into the episode, having seen the movie, so you don't get any spoilers. It's really nice if you were to listen to the whole thing without having to skip through the board section or anything like that. Then, on Fridays, or if an episode goes live, I post a link to the episode with maybe a meme, if something is funny enough. So, if you ever missed an upload or want to know something up there's always a link on our twitter last thing check us out on tiktok and youtube shorts apple where the board if you like short form content i go through and scrub old episodes for short form stuff cut out new content cut out old content basically if you're into short form content like the show check us out apple where the board on tiktok and on youtube shorts i think that's it ben
1: i think that's it too all right well uh see you guys next time as long as our flight crew wakes us up